the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Liberty in America is under assault. We no longer live in a reality that includes property rights. We're no longer the kings of our own castle. We no longer enjoy the true benefits of capitalism. Instead, we're negotiating our rights with our own government. This isn't how our country was founded. These aren't the ideas of our founders. It's time to seize back our country. This is the Liberty Hour, where these important issues will be discussed for the sake of America's future. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Constitution in the other, here's your host, Sean Thompson. This is the Liberty Hour, each and every Sunday night, 10 to 11, where we discuss and dissect political talking points, information propaganda designed specifically to invoke fear, to invoke outrage. Because what government has learned, it's within that fear and anger and outrage, those are the chains of the new tyranny. And a week like today, and I was all excited, I named my show, we spent a lot of time, you know, what I walked down the hallway and I said, I got it, Macbeth, right? Bombs, bombshells, leakers, and morons will be the name of the show. That's what you did. And then I made the crucial mistake of turning on booster seat George Stephanopoulos and six foot of eight. I hope everybody likes me with that little Mr. Rogers. I'm a good guy. Just like me. The creep, the tute creep, the political chameleon fraud, James Comey. And as you know, if you've listened to the show, I'm not a guy that comes on here. I do not practice cattle drive radio. I can't stand Trump Krishnas. The idea that we put on this Caddyshack hat and everybody's a national populist sickens me. Keynesian economics, I reject. I vomit them out. But when Trump is right, he's right. When he's on to something, I support him. I try to be objective. I don't have a, a, a personality conflict other than the fact I, I, I kind of think it's fun. It's kind of fun, right? The Twitter constantly, that 1950 ducktail in the back comb over. I like it. Trophy wives, I'm all in. Planes, way before it was fashionable. There are things I really like about the guy. But what really struck me is at the end, and they saved it to the end. They, what they saved to the end was that they asked him, is Trump unfit or is he fit to be president? And you know what Comey said? Because this is probably breaking news to some of you. He is morally unfit to be president. And I have to tell you, that absolutely floored me. Now, we could go back through history, because here's the one thing about presidents. They're men like all the rest of us, with all the same flaws, all the same pettiness, all the same corruptibility. And you could take each and every one of them, and nobody is exempt. Each and every one of them are very, very flawed, very, very wrong. Now, in the last 40 years, we've experienced a level of loathsome corruption and scum that's almost unprecedented. And I, you know what? We could go all the way back to JFK with the scandalous lifestyle and, dis- and despicable mobster, the way he stole the election, everything about him. 
And you could go all the way, bring it all the way up. But one thing that George Stephanopoulos represents is he was a bag man for the worst, what I think is the worst, in a guy like Bill Clinton. The, accused of rape. What is it, about Three times? Rape. Mena, Arkansas. Cocaine capital. CIA vestige of, of, of muling drugs through, the, through his entire tenure. The Clinton Foundation. Riddled in hundreds of millions of dollars, financed in in the form of speech speeches that like we want him traveling around with his stumble bum attitude, giving speeches to Goldman Sachs, just payoffs hidden as campaign contributions. Nothing embodies political corruption like from the Clintons to now. Nothing. It's unprecedented. And here's George Stephanopoulos in his little booster seat trying to look eye to eye with Comey in the interview. And now they're going to pull the moral card. These two scoundrels are going to pull the moral card. Now, Comey, if you've heard me when I call into the morning show, and I know, Macbeth, you you wait at the edge of your seat for my calls. Yeah, that's me. We have everything he's touched is a failure. Going back to the anthrax case, going back to Scooter Libby, which, by the way, Macbeth, don't let me forget. I'm very happy about the pardon because it is the middle finger to to Comey and to Mueller, the tag team of incompetence that they are, both with the anthrax investigation where they wrongfully prosecuted the guy for five years. The government had to pay him off for five million. Everything they've touched is riddled in political uh, prostitution of, uh, of, for lack of a better word. They're, they're sycophants to to power. That's all they are. And that's what comes across in this interview. That really all this guy ever wanted, the arrogance and the ego and the conceit. They just want these positions, which, by the way, what this guy shows you is when they're in there, they're running cover. They're running cover for politicians. They're not investigating. Today on uh, uh, ABC's George Stephanopoulos Roundtable, they had that Chris Christie and, uh, and John McCain's daughter. Her name is irrelevant to this me. This is a double round. You know, they're sitting there. It looked like a, one of those chubby checker meetings, for God's sakes. They had a couple other Democrats stuffed in seats there. Were they doing the twist? They were all given their, their political opinion. And Chris Christie said something, Macbeth, that I wanted you to get a cut. But, you know, we don't an hour of tape to get 30 seconds. What he says is, uh, you know, there's an unspoken rule in the Justice Department that 60 days before an election, should you find any scandalous information, you kind of keep it to yourself. Well, what the hell is that? What do you mean 60 days before the election? If you find some information about one of the people uh, up for, for the position, you just be quiet? Isn't that exactly the opposite of we the people deserve? So the one thing Comey did with that, uh, that memo about Hillary Clinton's emails, you know, thank God he did that. Because it really probably had a massive impact. And now what they had is this backup where they're trying to pin collusion on Trump. And, you know, I think half of the reason he bombed which turned out, as we all know, is a proxy war with Russia and Saudi Arabia and Qatar fought in Syria. Half of the reason he bombed them was probably to prove even more evidence. If I was colluding with them, would I bomb them? Because I got news for you, Macbeth. When the numbers come in, I'm going to guess more Russian soldiers died than Syrians. Well, we'll see. But the Russians did, uh, at least uh, to outward appearances, really just leave the Syrians hanging out to dry. When we told them we were coming, they... uh they, for the most part, just left. Well, you know, I, Macbeth, and you and I talked uh, uh, before the show. I'm, I'm, I'm really sickened As by this whole thing. To. I'm really sickened by this whole thing. Because one thing people are, I don't hear a lot of people doing anyway, is uh, in 2017 when Nikki Haley said, you know, we're not too interested in regime change. We don't really care anymore. 48 hours, they want me to believe uh, chemical weapons were used by Assad on his people. And what happens? Trump bombs the first time. 
Now this happens where Trump says, "Ah, I think we're going to pull out of Syria 48 hours later, chemical attack on his people, we bomb him again. In 2013, it was the same thing with Obama. When Obama talked about, I I think we're going to you know, pull out of Syria. It's been going on for a while. We had information that was scandalous at the time where we found out Saudi Arabia was kind of financing Al-Qaeda or Hezbollah, whatever they're calling themselves that month. And they were they were posing as rebels fighting against Assad that Assad, in essence, has been fighting uh, terrorists for a decade. In his own countries, he starts to win a little bit. All of a sudden, it looks like America is going to pull, you know, going to stop uh, positioning itself to to get Assad out of there. And all of a sudden, he he attacks his people with chemicals. Now, you know, obviously, I'm not uh, buying it wholeheartedly, but I'm a contrarian by nature. And uh, I don't like when information sweater. Of, of uh, you know, all of a sudden we see a few pictures and everybody says, yeah, get them. And, and, and I always laugh, Macbeth, when we know there's a civil war going on. And uh, listen, you could kill your people the old fashioned way. You hit them with hand grenades, you shoot them, we're all right with that. You drop chemicals at them, we got a problem. You know, I often wonder, would Sherman's March be considered a war crime? But I guess we'll litigate that I think it probably would, yeah. at a later, later date, because we could be pick and choose where our outrage lies. But where my outrage lies isn't because I pick and choose it, it's because I'm. I, it's obscene to me that the Democrats, that, that and that's what Stephanopoulos is, he's a Democrat apparatchik, that's all he is, that he has some moral high ground, where Trump is morally unfit to be the pre- Are you out of your mind that you were a two-bit bag man for the Clintons? You want to talk about a, a, people that are morally unfit to do anything. And here's another thing that, that you learn uh, in Peter Schweitzer's book, Secret Empires. The whole time that Obama was president, Kerry, Kerry's stepson, Biden's son, Hunter, they formed the Rosemont Group. They're colluding. You want to talk about colluding with Russia? Take a look at the billions they made with the Ukraine. Are they colluding to name something after Donald Stevens? Look at the Rosemont LLC with the Hunter Biden, the other guy who likes dating his sister, his uh, his brother's wife. What a, what a, you want to talk about more? You're going to talk about morals? Or is anyone watching what's going on with these I want to say scumbags. Can, is that legal? Scoundrels on radio. Yes, you can say scumbags. scoundrels in scumbags. Washington. Scumbags. And now, now Ryan, Ryan, all of a sudden, it's easy. He's going to step down, which I'm going to miss as somebody who likes to do radio. <laughs> Woody from Toy Story, the, the walking contradiction, the new kid on the block who has the worst record as a as a Republican. Uh, congressman and Speaker of the House. Well, talk about look, a guy who saw his career just skyrocketing, and then to hit the, uh, you know. You got to back up Trump wall in order to, yeah. I heard I think a caller. Massively miscalculated. You know, I listen to AM560 constantly. I heard a caller on uh, the morning show too. say, you know, it's kind of a shame he's been put in this position by Trump and him and the Republicans who, who are kind of conservative, like Peter Roscoe and Adam Kinzinger. They got their back against the wall and they're, they're forced to do these what? omnibus bills. The stupidity among Republicans is despicable to me. Not at the Liberty Hour. We don't take it. If you want to be a part of it, give us a call. 312-642-5600. We'll go to Jim, but he better be on topic this time, damn it. Liberty Hour. We'll be back after these messages. This is the Liberty Hour. Here's your host, Sean Thompson, on AM560, The Answer. We're going to be inundated now, ladies and gentlemen, with media, with with personalities that don't like Donald Trump, and we're going to be inundated with the fact that Comey says there's some evidence of obstruction. That's the breaking news. Don't forget Randy Savage clips. 
I'm, we're going to get to Randy Savage. I want to yeah. set it up. <laughs> yeah, I know. I said to you, I knew you'd love it. So uh, there's some evidence of obstruction, and he is morally unfit. Here's what there's absolute evidence of, that James Comey is the leaker, that he gave it to his country club buddy, who posed as a professor, that gave it to his buddy, who was uh, for the New York Times, that he strategically leaked information he was privy to after absolutely being against protocol of the FBI. Not only that, just government protocol. They're at a certain level of of information where it is supposed to stay within that circle. And this guy says to his buddy, hey, I got something I want you to see. The macho man is not happy with your decision, yeah. You were just going to play that clip no matter what I said. You know, speaking of guys who are going to say what they want to say regardless of what I say. No kidding. Let's go to Jim, who probably doesn't even have the show on. Let's go, uh... He was on topic for your original South Elgin. How are you, Jim? I'm good. Uh, you're having uh, no technical problems tonight, so I got the show on. <laughs> yeah, don't jinx me. Go ahead. Anyways, I think uh, the media basically is underwhelmed by Comey's book. It's, uh, it's not getting any kind of splash or any kind of bang. There's really nothing new in it. But, Jim, this last year, be... wait a minute, this, forget about the last year. The last 20 years have shown you they don't need actual facts to run with an agenda they want. There's no, well, so there's no the actual not, evidence that they need. You know, but here's what it does fit. Here's, what, here's where Trump steps in the pothole every time. No matter how many, it's like the uh, Groundhog Day. No matter how many times he wakes up and walks through the same path, he's going to step in the same pothole. And, and, and what I mean by that is he gives them that sense of chaos by his erratic statements, by his constant tweeting that is fodder for his fans. And what I've come to learn, and the reason that Macbeth has all these wrestling clips that I sent him, I, I, I believe that it's really WrestleMania. We're, we're watching a Washington WrestleMania presidency. Now, I was uncomfortable with Trump's obsession with professional wrestling. But, you know, listen, we, I grew up in Chicago. He right? made some appearances. I, yeah. I grew up in Chicago. I oh, can yeah. remember my grandfather good. taking me to the stadium when I was seven. Right, we'd see Dick the Bruiser and his cousin the Crusher. That's, that's was, a much you know, different era. It was Sean. right around twelve where I started to say, eh, you know, these are a bunch of old fat guys pretending to hit each other. I mean, you kind of grow up out of it. But one thing I I, I, I see invoked in in Trump and, and in Trump Krishnas, of which Jim occasionally you'll slip into, is that you're more obsessed with the personality of Trump than the reality of Trump. So I, you know, I have the benefit of, of meeting you for a couple of years. You were at all the Tea Party rallies, and you didn't like any of the infrastructure. You didn't like any of the tarp. You didn't like any of the cheap credit dictated by Obama to Wall Street. You rejected all of that. I just want you to right. do it when you see it now as Trump anomics, and we pretend it's a new idea. So all I'm asking well, for is a consistency. A and let's give him a little chance. See, but there also, you I go. Just wanted to mention, and you know, right on cue. Remember all these years ago? Off topic a little bit. I'm cooking oh, a steak outside in the middle of October, uh, April, and it's snowing. Yeah. And Al Gore said by 2014, all the polar ice caps are going to be melted. Well, <laughs> Al Gore made $100 million doing it, and you're eating a cheap steak. Okay. Who's the dummy? Uh, but here's the point. Here's the point. You I'm see, talking about all the way to the top. Yeah. <laughs> you can't get enough of it. But you see what we do? And it's, it's, it's bothersome because I like Jim very, very much. A very good guy. You know, he's a, he's a dentist, a professional guy, smart guy. And what's he say? Let's give him a chance. Well, here we are a year into it. We're bombing Trump's Syria. Trump's a fighter. Give him a chance. Trump's a fighter. Give him a chance. You got all the Bush people. You know yeah. what's funny about this bombing in Syria? This is George Bush's philosophy. Yeah. He's right in it. And, and when Obama got it, it's his philosophy, too. And you know what? 
whoever the next one is, whether it's in a skirt or wants to be in a skirt, it'll be the same theory. It'll be the same foreign policy. It'll be the same economic policy. I'm sick of pretending there's anything but but fanfare. That's the only difference in these guys. And it's about time that, that conservatives look at, look at Paul Ryan, and instead of calling radio stations and saying, you know, it's been tough for real conservatives to go with, uh, with Trump, and we give Paul Ryan a pass, who will go gracefully into lobbying somewhere. It's about time we as conservatives, we as, as Republicans, and I, I, I cringe even calling myself that, although I've never voted for anything but Republican. Yeah. Or I just abstain from voting. It, it, we have to start to, to stand for something. And when you see a foreign policy... That, that follows the same strategic pattern as the Democrats, the same strategic pattern as Republicans. We couldn't wait to get out of there. Like George Bush, I got to break the rules to save him. And we start to see, you know, maybe we've been played. Well, if chemical weapons were used in this case, I'm all for it. I, I, not all, all for the use of chemical weapons. I'm I all do for the, think all chemical for weapons were used. I That's not the question. But my, what I'm saying is in this my specific is, case, I have, to, I have to take case by case. You have to. I understand Georgia uh, Macbeth, but uh, you do understand. Forty-eight you hours, son of forty-eight hours after Trump said we're going to take our troops yes. out, and it was the same thing Nikki Haley last year. Well, do you think there's a benefit to Russia and uh, Syria to having our troops there and engaged? I think we didn't have enough information. I'll tell you another thing. I, I think, think the rebels I behave quite like, a bit when we're on the ground with them. I don't like fiat. quite a bit more than they do when we're not. I don't like fiat presidents. We got yeah. a system. I got a congressman. For God's sakes. I mean, is it about time maybe we start to do things the way it was structured? Or are we just going to go, you know, I like this guy. He's a fighter. Give him a chance. And we just sit idly by as he breaks all the rules that we, the, the, that we want to reset. No, you're an my, extremist. My number one question, well, I'll never forget this, when the 17 buffoons stood up there and said they wanted to be president, was which one of you will reestablish a system of government that has representative government? Which one of you? And you know what the answer was? Maybe two. Maybe. And those were the first two to go. Or if there were seemed to be a danger, those are the guys that were besmirched by this grade school beauty shop drama propaganda soap opera that we just saw tonight with Comey. And the American people are going to balkanize and they're going to say, I've, I'm a Trump guy. I, 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 I can disagree with Comey and call him what he is, a fraud and a liar and a leaker, without being a rabid Trump Krishna. I think that's important. I think it's important we reestablish a, a, a an ideology where we're looking at people for what they are. Obviously, there is no Russian collusion with Trump. There never was. It's a ridiculous story. And everything he's done, both economically and now militarily, he has scoffed, not only scoffed, insulted, besmirched. The first tariffs he implemented were on the Russians. Yeah. Sanctions on the money. Of course there's no, there's no collusion. We're wasting everybody's time and money. But the Democrats are in for a penny, they're in for a pound. Well, I, have a, I have a quote from about that, if you want it. Yeah, hit it. Yeah, outside interference here. In my moment of glory. Yeah, I know I'm living in a nightmare. I knew it was a mistake to send you that. <laughs> I just thought you'd get a kick out of it. I've got some, uh, some Paul Ryan audio, too, if you Listen, want. Listen, this is the other thing. In any other week, this would be a huge story. Because what you have... I like the fact you just moved on. Yeah, it was just, it's time to move on. In any other week, this is the biggest story. Because what you have is a 20-year career of failure. That if you go back to what the debt was when Paul Ryan was first elected, if you look at the spending when Paul Ryan, the borrowing, if you look at the situation of every aspect of our economy and country prior to Paul Ryan, as you should do every time you vote, he is an unmitigated absolute failure. And now he's who going. Was, 
put up as some sort of math genius. Oh, he's he's a details guy. He's a details. He's a policy wonk, which is my favorite word salad. He's he likes the minutia. And what you've seen is that he is. What good did he ever do in curbing any debt, any spending, any borrowing? None. And that's the same thing you have to ask yourself when all these pretend conservatives run. Yes. And I am so tired of, of sitting by and saying, he's a good guy. Let's give him a chance. You gave this guy 20 years. Your reaction to Paul Ryan should be good riddance. And I sure hope we keep an eye on him when he becomes a lobbyist. Yeah. Do we want Paul Ryan's reaction? Yeah. Hit me. Unjustifiably in a position that I'd rather not be in. But the cream rise to the top. Oh, yeah. I am the cream, yeah. The cream of the crop. And there is no one that does it better. Than, Ray, than Randy Macho Man Savage. Than Randy Ra- Macho Man Paul Ryan. Paul Ryan. And here's yeah. the other thing I, I, I asked. Paul Macho Man Ryan. I, you know what I want to know is after this Syria thing's over, was Trump going to get to shave Assad's head like he did Jim McMahon's? I, that would Vince be, McMahon. Vince that would be McMahon. great TV. Maybe Charlie Rose could cover that too. And now what happens? You like that segue? Now what happens? We bombed it. You know, uh, what happens now? We just sit idly by, wait for the count to come in? Where is the moral outrage of, of, of the fact of, I hate the way you kill your people, so I'm going to bomb your people. You well, because we can kill them better, obviously. It's just insanity to me. It just keeps just keeps sticking your fork in the light socket. Just keep sticking it in the light socket. Something different will happen. This is the Liberty Hour. Give us a call if you care to participate. I do want to get on to these other topics. Big topics coming up. We'll be back after these messages. Call Sean now at 312-642-5600. This is the Liberty Hour each and every week. And if we're going to stay true to our our mission statement, we're going to dissect political talking points and the information, the propaganda, uh, the the information, the the war of information given to us. And I always get nervous, Macbeth, when all of a sudden it's a bipartisan kind of like, well, I kind of agree with this one bit of information that normally parties would would uh, dissect would go over and uh, I said I was going to move on with the Syria but I think it's important that we build why I'm skeptical and why you're skeptical and why a lot of people are skeptical and the reason is that uh, for, because I keep playing sound in the middle how many of the decades segments? well there's been a, a Assad's father ran uh, ran Syria for, for a very well, long time for a very long time right yeah. Assad took over in 2000 mm. It was in a the nineties, before that, was yeah, it, it was nineties, I think. And I was always um, maybe even late. I always remember the old shows, and I was always fascinated with the fact that that uh, Syria protected Christians. It was one of those rare countries in that region. In some ways, yes, and in some ways, no. Right, but but let's put it this way: they were among the. Um, if you were most... going to pick a country to live in in the in the Middle East, other than Israel, as a Christian. Um, you, could, you could do a heck of a lot worse. There you go. So I like that. So I remember the old clips, and I made you pull some with uh, the uh, sexual deviant, who we now learn, Charlie Rose. <laughs> yeah, it's Charlie Rose. And the other sexual, probably sexual well, deviant. No, you have I to don't. assume anybody in a dictator position uh, He's got that, that dresses suit. like that. Yeah. 
He Although, does that. That's a specific. That's a public relations thing. You know, if way. it wasn't for TSA, I'd really miss Gaddafi with the with the costumes and the and the. Well, he traveled yeah. with his own tent yeah. and uh, twenty female bodyguards. He had some hard to miss. He had some pluses, but um, yeah, you know. But here's a, a little Charlie. <laughs> here's a little Charlie Rose and Assad, and this is way back in 2011, I think it was. Uh, something like that. Yeah. First, he was talking about the Saudis. Saudi Arabia is uh, anarchic autocracy, medieval system that's based on the Wahhabi dark ideology. Actually, let's say it's a marriage between the Wahhabi and the political system for 200 years now. That's how we look at it. And what is their connection to ISIS? The same ideology, the same background. So ISIS and Saudi Arabia are one and the same? The same ideology, yes. Same ideology. ideology it's Wahhabi ideology. They base, uh, their ideology is based on the books of the Wahhabi in Saudi Arabia. Now, there's a couple. So you believe that all Wahhabis Shut up. have the same ideology as yeah. ISIS? Exactly. Definitely. And that's known by ISIS, by Al-Qaeda, by Al-Nusra. It's not something we discover or we, we, we try to promote. It's very, uh, I mean, their books, they use the same books to indoctrinate the people. Now, there's a couple things about Saudi Arabia. I've never, you know, I read the book Titan years ago. With Rockefeller. Yeah. And the whole reason Saudi Arabia has anything is ironically because of the American government using the Sherman Antitrust Act to break up Correct. Standard Oil, of which they're not stupid. He immediately goes to Saudi Arabia, signs a lease, right. takes 80% of the oil profits for 30 years, I believe, if memory serves 30, me correct. Two. Something like that. Yeah. And then flip-flops it. Right. So the other oil companies see that uh, Rockefeller had been examining. This is in the 30s had been examining and seeing where there was other oil, and they flocked to Saudi Arabia. And before you know it, they don't cut the same deal. They cut a worse deal. Saudi Arabia is a powerhouse, economic powerhouse. goes from a, uh, a, a right. desert to all of a sudden an economic powerhouse. But when you look at the way Saudi Arabia has been Saudi run, aerobics? It's all the same to me. Saudi Arabia has been run. It's against everything Americans stand, stand against. The way they're run is everything we stand against as Americans. It's a monarchy. It's slavery is abound, inbred nonsense, no one's elected, they dictate, they're tyrants over their people. The corruption is rampant. I believe it was last year, Saudi women were given the uh, the right to drive for the first time. And then Prince Blinky, Al-Weedy, who uh, uh, owns Citibank. We allow these scoundrels to come in. Smokey Al-Weedy? Blinky. He's got that little tick where all of a sudden he's he's an economic genius because he he controls trillions or billions of dollars, but not a trillion. And he buys American companies like they were chiclets. And all of a sudden, that's that's not antitrust, though. We can let the Saudis come in and buy all of our companies. We can loan them money, then sell them weapons, and we pretend it's great. So I don't... I don't like those inbreds. I would I, rather have them have our, we- our uh, weapons, because in order to maintain them, they're going to need parts from us, so they have to be a little bit friendly. And you know, being half Italian, when we they take our tablecloths and wrap it around their head, you'd think I'd be pro, but I'm not. That's not appropriate, Sean. Oh, sorry. All right. Anyway, as you see these guys all of a sudden come in. And what they so that would, was Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia. Right. Cannot stand Syria. No. Cannot stand Assad. No. Has for decades... Wanted him out. But also has had a very, very interesting and troubled relationship with Qatar, which is, uh, which is a company, or a country that... Uh, you might as well call it a company. I like it. Well, basically. Uh-huh. Which is what Saudi Arabia is. Now, see, the pipeline, that you can go into the pipeline if you want, but the pipeline was uh, supposed to be something that bridged the difference between Qatar and Saudi and Arabia. And that's what I think it's about, big guy. I think it's about the logistics of the pipeline, because all the real heat started when Assad said... No, I'm not going to let you go cut through the country. 
You do it. You do it another way. I'm not going to let you build a pipeline. I know you're going to make a fortune giving oil to Europe, and you need our land to do it. But I say no. And if you look at that, that's when all the the the, the mayhem really began, and our intervention into the system, of which we could have abstained. But if you look at the Saudi infiltration of our government, you realize we really can't. Because just like PACs and lobbyists, they own half our politicians, too. This is the Liberty Hour, each and every week, dissecting the political talking points designed specifically to seize your liberty. We'll be back. If you're on the line, stay on the line. I know I promised I'd get to you, but I want to build and litigate my case because I think I'm right, and I know the other ones aren't. We'll be back after these messages. You're listening to The Liberty Hour with Sean Thompson. Get on the line with Sean by calling 312-642-5600. This is the Liberty Hour each and every Sunday night. And you know what, Macbeth, what I love about the Liberty Hour? We've got a little stable of regular callers who call the Liberty Hour. And uh, we had one, well, during the break. Steve. Steve, who I like very much. Great guy. And he's like, listen, I want you to talk about local stuff. And you know what, it came to me. I don't. Here's the reason... We do the Liberty Hour, and we talk more nationally than we do locally. And the reason is, I'm old enough to remember when we, here in Illinois, me in Cook County, we didn't pay attention to all of the little corruption and all the meetings and all of the the nonsense and skullduggery that went on in Cook County. We just thought, right. ah, you know what, I like him. I'm going to give him a chance. He's a fighter. Yeah, the parks look good. We sat idly by and we bought. Here, I'll give you an example. He's I live a fighter. Give him a chance. Sean. I live in Elmwood Park, and Elmwood Park is a Republican, like the pretender, Republican nub in Cook County. And we sent a guy who used to Sean be the, from Elmwood Park. And I'm actually from Melrose Park, but we'll get that's another story. We, yeah, we you sent, never mentioned it. Get we sent our it. old mayor there, uh, Pete Silvestri, with the plastic hairdo and the, and the bell bottom, the whole nine. And we sent him. He's a Cook County commissioner. And you come to find out this is the kind of stuff that goes on in Cook County. He's a shill. Not only, he's an employee of Gold Rush Gaming. And this, this is allowed. So he sits on Which the... your uh, video poker. Video poker. That's yeah. why, you know, you turn these neighborhoods into, in, into slums. You'll never see one of these in Hinsdale, by the way, or Elmhurst where the cigar house is. You won't see it there. So, um, you know, that can, we ignored that. And we thought it would take care of itself. And now the reality is Cook County in Illinois, it's over with. In fact, Bruce Rauner's new economic strategy, I tweeted prof today. I said, I figured out his economic strategy. Did you see it, this, Macbeth? Let me see it here. Let me see it out loud. And let me point to the president. Okay, he's got, I don't know why that's relevant, <laughs> but all right. He's having meetings with um, Poland and Germany. This is Rauner. To yeah. bring in investment money into Illinois. Because it's over with. Illinois bankrupt, done. I mean, they, they can't be bankrupt, but technically bankrupt. Poland and Germany to Don't save pay Illinois. anybody. You got more people making millions than you do millions coming in. Yeah. It, the system is done. All right. So now that we're talking about uh, all these local issues, so that you so know, now, to explain why we don't talk about local issues. Now you pay attention nationally because Illinois, we can move out of. When the country goes that way, and that's what Barack Obama's real success was. Nationally, it tends to be as local as we get. The democratic corruption, the political platform of pay-to-play politics nationally, and it's happening. So now we focus on why you don't just buy a couple of videos and you say, yeah, go get them, Donnie. Get them. You're number one. You think about it. You dissect it. You go through the, the, what's actually happening, and you remember history. 
And you remember things like when we used to be, when Assad, after September 11th, Assad ran to us to help us with information about then Al-Qaeda, well, about the Saudi connection. Yeah. About, he was an info, information highway. false choice we were talking about earlier, where, where you know we complained rightfully last year about the binary, the supposed binary choice right. between Clinton and, and Trump. Yeah. Now the binary choice is to choose between a white hat and a black hat. In the Middle East, which don't exist. No. Assad is not a Doesn't. purely bad guy. He's not a good grammar. guy. Yeah. No, I was speaking in a plural. So I they understand. Don't. Go. Oh, Sean. <laughs> Sean, Sean, Sean. No, you're right. I think you could correct my grammar. You're right. It's hilarious. Um, but yeah, so the, you know, the Saudis, the Air Gadan up in, in Turkey, which we're about to talk about, um, none of them are wearing a white hat. Well, They're Turkey's all gray a, hats, including Turkey's us a disaster. Now, because of what we're doing, we're wearing a gray hat, too. How do you give air cover? To Al Qaeda and Hezbollah, which I, I mean, I know it's it's a bombastic statement, but what else do you call it? It is. They're on the ropes. They're losing. In fact, they're saying they're losing. Yeah. And within seven days of them announcing, you know, we're, well, Assad, Assad said pretty clearly in that Charlie Rose interview that uh, that Turkey's air attacks, that is in his opinion, were just cosmetic. They would hit the walls outside a compound, not the actual buildings. So we team up with the allied countries and we bomb a well, we guy who's been Turkey destroying. A, yeah, we consider Turkey a, a what are like one of our oldest allies. But if you look at what they've done in the last four or five years, it's like Cook County. How could, how could well, <laughs> Cook County? Well, Steve, with, see, with, we tie it in locally. Yeah, if Cook County had a coup d'état, yeah, it's corrupt. It's pathetic. Military. It picks winners and losers. And yeah. you know what's scary? They got a better military than Cook County. That's the only thing on our side. You want this audio? Yeah, go ahead. Hit we only get a little time. Turkey, let's say, is about Erdogan, his uh, Muslim Brotherhood uh, fanatics. And doesn't mean that he's a member, but he's a fanatic. President Erdogan is? He's a Muslim Brotherhood fanatic. And uh, he's uh, somebody who's suffering from political megalomania. And you think that he's becoming the sultan of the new era? Of the 21st century. You think he could stop the border if he wanted to? Yeah, of course, definitely. He, he doesn't only ignore the terrorists from coming to Syria. He, he supports them logistically and militarily, directly. And you know who was saying that at the same time? Our CIA. Yep. Our CIA, our intelligence at that time, yep. in 2011, set, mirrored that exact sentiment. So... How does it be that how, this guy, after September 11th, he's an ally, he's an information highway. There's more. He's helping our CIA. Yeah. He's working and he's he's regurgitating, repeating exactly what we're being fed by our intelligence. All of a yes. sudden. Which is probably where he got it from. It's probably how he knows it. And all of a sudden, we're, 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 he, he's using chemical weapons and we're dropping bombs on the same guy. If you take the example of Kobani, what he called it Kobani, it's called El Arab, the city where the Kurds were fighting uh, ISIS and where the campaign started, the military campaign, the American military campaign started there. It took them four months to liberate that small city, uh, not only because the airstrikes were cosmetics, as we, as we said, but because of the direct support of the Turks to ISIS. They were supporting them directly? Directly. Directly. So he was a partner with the Kurds. He was giving us information. He was helping us against terrorism. Now all of a sudden we're hitting them. I, I, there's got to be more to the story. This is the Liberty Hour. We'll be back after these messages. Liberty Hour. Here's your host, Sean Thompson, on AM560, The Answer. 
This is the Liberty Hour. Each and every week, dissecting just in the nick of time. Just in the nick of never had a problem. So one of the other reasons we talk about it is I was floored this week. Floored. And it got some coverage. And Prof, we got an argument. So who hit you? But anyway, um, Prof was talking about the two-thirds of millennials don't know what Auschwitz is. And that sounds absurd. It's it is absurd, brother. I, I read into the methodology of that, though. Uh, what's in the, what's in your hand, and it's actually legit. It's insanity. That is so. This nuts. is why it, there needs to be more. To, I, I, talk radio has done an amazing thing, and it's brought up the level of knowledge and the level of conversation to heights uh, formerly that didn't exist before the '80s, in my opinion. Um, but one of the most important things, I've, I, I was talking to my kids. I have young kids, teenage kids. And you know what I've come to the realization of why they don't know or why they're not being taught or why they were taught cliff note versions of it? Because the one thing about Nazis that I've always kind of rejected whenever you'd say it on radio and they'd say, oh, you can't talk about Nazis. Yeah. See, I think you should always talk about Nazis. Oh, boy. What the Nazis represent is the culmination of socialism. What Auschwitz is, is a byproduct. It's where socialists, socialism leads to genocide. Nazis are socialists. And the problem is, we don't talk about them like that. Do you realize, Macbeth, that the national populism that we are now practicing on many levels, the uh, inclusiveness, the exclusion of, of, of capitalism, not only that, but the school systems, the healthcare systems, what we have interwoven into American today american economics these this is so interwoven with socialist policies that what you see is the collapse of it and the denial of it and the endless funding and borrowing that's what that's what all these these socialist countries that's where they end up so the reason it's important to constantly focus on what kind of a genocide socialism leads to is i think you should focus on the nazis they are the prime example of where socialism leads. And I think it's important that kids understand where it tends to go. And the Nazis should be examined, should be talked about, should be scrutinized. And once we are implementing policies that even remotely resemble any of it, it should be talked about. Am I wrong, Macbeth? About many things, yes. Jeez. You want a you want a Randy Macho Man Savage clip? Oh, you want one? My point is. Hold on, I'll grab you one. Oh boy, I'm talking about all the way to the top. Yeah, there you go. My point is. You're welcome. They're they're avoiding teaching millennials about where socialism leads because they've spent the majority of the time telling them how virtuous socialism is, which is why you are seeing these kids. Well, they like yeah, they like to point to Britain and uh, uh, the. Uh, France, as opposed to, as opposed know, to, yeah. as to opposed to Venezuela, Leninist, yeah, as Venezuela, opposed to Cuba, Leninist, as opposed Russia. to the Soviet Union, yeah, as opposed to Nazis, which you could argue did socialism the most efficient. The only difference everybody is everybody had their own flavor back in the uh, back in the 20s yeah. And look 30s. at Hugo Boss and Volkswagen survived. How bad could it have been? I mean, this is ridiculous. You have, how could they not know? Is Hugo Boss a German company? Sure. Hugo Boss is who made the Nazi uniform. You didn't know is that? It, no, I don't know. I don't care about With fashion. the wide lapels, it's still in style. Uh, well, you're big into fashion. I'm not. I don't know. It's ridiculous. And the point is, you gotta you got to treat every policy they did as as where it leads. 
This is where it really ends up. It's either Venezuela, where it's hard to find a dog. It's Cuba, where the only, they're wearing green. Or it's Nazis, where the genocide. This is what it is implemented. Because that's what socialism is. It's Just force. don't forget your papers. It's tyranny. This is where it leads. So I disagree with the fact that we shouldn't talk about Nazis. They should be talked about, and they should be pointed to as what they are. Socialists. And they should be avoided. And we should teach our kids about it. It's a cry in shame. This is the Liberty Hour. We'll be back next week. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.